Welcome to Courage and Spice. This is the podcast for humans with self-doubt. I'll share evidence-based resources and teach you proven coaching tools to help you transcend your self-doubt. I'm Sass Petherick, a master coach and founder of the Self-Belief Coaching Academy. I'm so glad you're here. Let's do this. If you've been following any therapists or coaches on social media for longer than five minutes, you've probably heard people talking about mindset. Sometimes it's referred to as limiting beliefs or thought work, and it's often seen as the cure for all our ills, which of course it isn't because nothing is. I think the concept of mindset work is misunderstood or often used in quite helpful and sometimes even potentially damaging ways. So in this episode, I just wanted to talk to you about what we mean when we talk about mindset. I want to share with you how I do this work and I want to also share three of the mindset muddles that we tend to get caught up in that can render this work really unsatisfying and sometimes feels a bit uncomfortable. And if you're a coach who's listening, this is going to be super helpful as a way of hopefully just working in a more thoughtful way with your clients around mindset. So mindset work, it's sometimes known as thought work, but it has its roots in cognitive therapies. So rational, emotional, behavioral therapy and cognitive behavioral therapies really look at these kinds of tools and it follows the premise that what we think about what we believe creates our reality so just to give an example that I've come across quite a lot recently if you have a belief that no one at work is interested in my idea right it's quite likely that this belief will have both emotional and behavioral impacts So it's probably going to leave you feeling a bit withdrawn, maybe inadequate, even lonely. And because we tend to behave, we tend to do and say or not do, not say, depending on whatever we feel, it's going to have behavioral impacts too. So when I feel withdrawn and adequate and lonely, I kind of want to hibernate at my desk. I may procrastinate. I'm certainly not going to be sharing my ideas. I probably won't be applying for any promotions or leaning in for any extra projects. I'll probably just be experiencing the reality of me alone at my desk, believing that no one is interested in my ideas, right? And see how that works. We start off with the belief no one at work is interested in my idea and we create that reality because of the emotional and behavioral impacts of that belief. You can imagine that changing this belief would have a huge potential impact on someone who is holding on to that. And I think this is why I just really love helping clients to use this work to see how our thoughts and beliefs play a huge part in creating our lives. And for clients who feel like they're constantly at the mercy of really unhelpful beliefs or thoughts maybe that have been inherited or are just outdated, this can be incredibly liberating healing work. So I want to talk a little bit about 
how I use this work. I want to just share with you my process because we're all friends here. There's also a downloadable that you can use to play with this, but I think it can really help to just know what we're talking about when we're talking about mindset work, right? So the first thing to really know is that you only really use this for beliefs that you actually want to change, right? So if there are beliefs that you know aren't serving you, that are holding you back or even feeding your self-doubt, then this work can really help you. And it isn't complicated, but it can feel a bit complex because of the way our self-doubt is often quite sophisticated when it comes to this kind of thing. So the way I would suggest you kind of get into this work is to just consider an area of your life where self-doubt is holding you back and kind of write down the contents of your brain. So just name the beliefs that you have right now about some area of your life. It could be about relationships or about your work or your business, anything where you feel like I've got a ton of unhelpful crap in my head and I just want to deal with it. And for every thought you have, just notice that how you feel about it when you think about this thought has a behavioral impact. So you'll notice that you tend to say or do things when you feel those emotions. This process of naming your beliefs, linking that to the emotions that you feel when you experience those beliefs and then the behavioral response, how you tend to react or what you say or do or don't say or don't do when you are feeling those feelings, it helps you to make that connection between your protective beliefs and your protective behavior, right? So naming the beliefs you have right now, totally recommend doing that. This is sometimes called a brain dump or a thought download. You can choose whatever you want to call it, but I highly recommend doing this. And then you can use the belief buster to kind of go through the process to just one thought at a time, start choosing more helpful beliefs. Name the beliefs you have right now is step one. Choose more helpful beliefs is step two. And this is when you want to bring in what I call your healthy adult self. Now, I talked about this part of you in an earlier episode, so you may want to go back and listen to that one. But the healthy adult self is this part of you that is really healthy and really adult, right? It's it's the part of you that's grounded and calm and present, compassionate, discerning, knows what might best serve you. And this isn't a kind of a fantasy or illusionary best self, your healthy adult self is very much grounded in reality and sees through all the ways you hold yourself back, wants only the best for you. So if you've ever thought about having a sort of inner parent, that's just like an ideal parent, this is your healthy adult self. It's the part of you that can kind of assess risk and proportionality and make really brave choices. So this is the thing to really use your healthy adult self for, is to choose more helpful beliefs, right? And the thing to really think about here is to not go too far away from your original beliefs, right? So if we use the example earlier, no one at work is interested in my ideas, 
you probably won't want to go from that to everyone at work loves my ideas because that's going to be a step too far and it's not going to feel true, right? So we want to think about a more grounded, healthy belief from your healthy adult self that's just a step or two away, something you can really believe and kind of it feels tangible to you. So something like, going from no one at work is interested in my ideas to I could share my idea with Tansy because I really trust her judgment. Right, so just notice how that opens up a door of possibility. Right, it's a gentle way forward into a more helpful belief. And the third part of this, so you name the beliefs you have right now. Second part, choose more helpful beliefs. The third part is to take the smallest, most doable next step. So we really do need to take a tiny risk. And the reason for that is to begin to update the automatic unhelpful belief. Right, so the smallest first step might be just to email Tansy and ask to meet for a coffee. Right, and the reason that we want to actually take this into the world, to take the tiny risk, is that you get to update your self-concept. This is about expanding who you know yourself to be from the person who hibernates at their desk feeling a bit lonely and excluded. You're no longer that person. You're the person that emails a colleague to share an idea. Right? Notice how that has an impact on you immediately. And of course, then you can go back to naming all the beliefs you have about what Tansy might say, right? So this is a process that just keeps on giving. But it's so helpful for feeling more like you are happening to your beliefs, right? You're no longer sort of at the mercy of whatever protective stuff your self-doubt wants to throw at you. Now, there are three things that get in the way of us being able to do this and use this process in a really helpful way. And I just really want to address those because I think this can get in the way of us benefiting from this really quite beautiful process. So the three mindset muddles that I've come up with. The first is that we can use mindset work to bypass the reality of power dynamics. Almost every coach I know would only ever use these kinds of cognitive approaches with you on things that you want to get different results around, that you want to feel or think differently about. But the main way I see this work being misused is when it comes to just ignoring power dynamics. So suggesting that you can think your way out of any adversity just ignores the reality of access to resources, opportunities and privileges because of your race, your class, your gender identity, your body shape, your body's ability, your sexual orientation, right? Suggesting that, for example, the reality of poverty can be conquered by someone choosing an abundant mindset is just so disrespectful. Or for someone with a chronic illness, suggesting that they can positively think their way out of it is just exhausting. So if anyone ever tries to suggest this to you, and you'll know because it will just feel so wrong in your body, just trust that and run or wheel yourself away very fast, right? We don't want to coach our clients that everything in the world is neutral or that they can feel neutral about it and they can think and feel differently just because they want to. 
that totally ignores the power dynamics that are at play. And this work was never designed to address systemic discrimination. So don't use it for that, okay? (laughs) Um, The second mindset muddle is knowing when to challenge your mindset. Right, and this is something that we really need to take into account when we're working with self-doubt because sometimes challenging that protective self-doubt can just bring up even more resistance. So if we bring this back to self-doubt and the thoughts and beliefs you might have about yourself and your capabilities, now just remember that self-doubt's entire job is to protect you from any psychological risk. So as soon as your protective self-doubt sniffs out any of those big risks like rejection, conflict, success, judgment, failure, complexity or disappointment, I think I've memorized them now, it will just find a way to hold you back, right? And this is how you find yourself engaging in those, those P's of resistance, procrastinating, perfectionism, proving yourself, paralysis, passive behaviors and people pleasing. These are like the symptoms of that resistance. So how do we use mindset work in this scenario? Well, I'm so glad you asked because this is the perfect moment to think about how you are thinking. So let's use an example to bring this to life. Say you are about to post something on Instagram and your self-doubt kicks in and your dominant thought, the one that causes the most kind of belly churning, is if you post this, you'll get it wrong and everyone will criticize you. Now, if you have any sensitivity to the risk of criticism, that's probably going to stop you from posting. This is a classic tactic of the bystander protector, by the way. It's going to say anything to get you to wait until the conditions are perfect. And in this case, perfect conditions mean absolutely no risk of conflict, right? So this is why you're never posting if this is true for you. We've named the protective belief, remember that's step one, and now we want to find a more helpful belief. So how would we use mindset work in this instance? Well, it's about assessing the risk. Okay, so the belly churning belief is if you post this, you'll get it wrong and everyone will criticize you. Now, that's a pretty big statement for a post on Instagram. Everyone will criticize you. Really? Like how likely is that? It might feel true and that's why it's super helpful to write your thoughts down. But it's likely that your healthy adult self is going to come up with a more proportionate response to that risk, right? A more helpful belief. So it might come up with something like, I'm just posting a quote on Instagram. Chances are people will engage with this positively or indifferently as they always have before, right? Just notice how much more proportionate that response is. When the risk is overblown by our self-doubt, we want to challenge it. That's how we know that it's okay to challenge that protective belief. And your healthy adult self is going to be very good at just allowing you to tap into that. And it might take some practice. You might need to give yourself a break and come back to it. But you'll know because it will just feel okay in your body. It will feel like it is calming and grounded, like you're kind of holding yourself in this, right? And then we want to take the smallest doable step and hopefully you make the brave choice. This is to do the scary thing and publish the post. 
right? This is when we want to challenge that protective belief because it seems objectively just disproportionate to the task, right? That's created that self-doubt. And by taking that brave action, you're updating the belief, right? You have up-to-date evidence that it is safe for you to post. And this is going to help your self-belief expand to hold this, right? So it's going to feel pretty crappy the first time and then a little less crappy the next time. And then within nine, ten, a dozen posts, you're hopefully going to feel a little bit like, yeah, I don't love this, but it's okay. And this is a way for me to contribute and to feel part of something. And I'm no longer being held back on social media by this crazy thought in my head that somehow everyone's going to criticize me. So it's worth it just for that. Now, the third mindset muddle is about knowing when to comfort your protector. So in the second example there, we were challenging the protector. In the third example, we want to know how to comfort it. And this is where the risk is proportionate. So I want to stay with the risk of conflict because I know that this is just such a massive one for those of us with self-doubt. And this is a hypothetical example. It's a memory of mine, but I'm sharing it in a very hypothetical way. But let's just say that your new partner sends you a text to say, I'd really like to talk about the argument we had last night. Can we make some time? And you find you have a lot of thoughts and feelings about this because you've always been very successful at avoiding conflict, just waiting until it goes past. Or you fix it quite quickly because that's what you learn in your family growing up. So the idea of talking about the conflict, talking about the argument you had, feels horribly unfamiliar. You may find you're coming up with all kinds of excuses for how to not have this conversation. Now, mindset work can be incredibly helpful here because we're interested in how we think about what we think about. So you notice your thoughts. You name them. All the ones that say, this is dangerous and unfamiliar and who actually talks about conflict. And maybe there are some thoughts about not being ready for this kind of relationship. Maybe you don't just want to avoid the conversation, but avoid your new partner. It might be tempting to blow the whole thing up rather than have this chat. There might be thoughts about what if I'm incapable of talking about conflict without getting really upset. Maybe they're just going to use this conversation to break up with me anyway. So again, we've named the thoughts, step one, named the unhelpful beliefs. And step two is we want to bring in our healthy self to assess the risk and come up with more helpful beliefs. And here's where you can actually sort of see how real the risk feels. And I would say that this one is proportionate, right? You just haven't had this kind of conversation before. You aren't used to dealing with conflict in this way. And here's where you can start to see that the risk just feels real. It's proportionate. You haven't had this kind of conversation before. You aren't used to talking about conflict in this way. So this is a time to comfort the protector by offering yourself some compassion and understanding. Letting your healthy adult self to bring in some sort of parenting for you to say, of course, you feel a bit out of sorts right now. But this feels right if unfamiliar. It's okay. This makes sense. And maybe a more helpful belief is something like, 
I can see that it would be good to talk, but I don't really know how to do this. Right? And maybe the bravest first step is to text back those exact words. So just to recap, mindset work can be an incredibly compassionate way to support yourself when you're faced with unhelpful beliefs that are holding you back. You get to use it for anything you want to change and it can be an amazing way to gently challenge your unhelpful beliefs as well as to comfort those proportionate responses that just feel really crunchy. Mindset work helps us to feel coherent in what we think and feel and say and do. You only ever need to use this approach for beliefs you want to change. You just name the thoughts, trust that you have this healthy adult self that can help you assess the risk and come up with a more helpful belief. And you can take the smallest, most doable step. Get to know yourself, know when to challenge and when to comfort your protective self-doubt. This is beautiful work. And mindset work is about your private, individual thoughts. It was never designed to address systemic power dynamics. So if anyone uses this kind of approach to diminish your experience, that's a hard no. All right, lovely humans, take care of your enormous, beautiful brains, and I will see you next time. Hey, if you're ready to explore more about your self-doubt, I want to invite you to take the Self-Doubt Archetypes Quiz. It's totally free, and you'll uncover your particular flavor of self-doubt. It turns out self-doubt is not this amorphous cloud of woe. There are 12 different types of self-doubt, and finding out yours is the first step to getting a handle on it. Just head over to www.sasspetherick.com backslash archetype for all the details.